This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a show where we discuss how to navigate the highs and lows of the human condition. Each week, we address a new topic, and we see that there are two choices we can make. We can lower the bar, go with the flow, and react to what the world throws at us, or we can be proactive, deciding in advance how we want to live, and in essence, rise above the human condition. We hope the discussion today is just what you need for the week ahead. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. It is great to have you with us. It is the perfect time for you to join us as we are in the middle of a series called Transcendent Parenting. Um, If you missed the first episode, feel free to go back and listen to the last one in order to get caught up. Again, sorry, not sorry for the bait and switch last week. Uh, We knew we had to start with the proper foundation for parenting, which we believe is a strong marriage with God as an active participant. However, um, now that we have the marriage part covered, it's on to the kids. Joining me again this week is Tammy, my wife. Welcome her back to the podcast. I'm here. It's me. I'm back. All right. Okay. So in our minute of marriage transparency this week, um, I just wanted to kind of talk about when kids even became a conversation and even going back farther, uh, back before we even knew each other. So maybe let's start there. Like when you think back to your childhood or your high school years, college years, whenever that was, when, when did you start thinking about kids and whether or not you wanted to have them? To be honest, I don't really remember like when that started, except for like as a little girl, right? Like you always think about your wedding, you play like, you know, marriage with your Barbie dolls and you always have babies. And, you know, I remember having all of that and always doing that. But I know in high school for sure, um, I knew I wanted kids. I knew I wanted to be a mom. I wasn't in a rush, but I knew that that was going to be part of my journey or I wanted it to be part of my journey. Got it. Got it. Yeah. For me, I think I had this really weird thing back in high school where for some reason I would think about my future and I, I literally had my whole life planned out in high school before I had even gone to college. I don't know why it was, but I literally could picture myself being married, having kids, having the job, having the dog, the picket fence, all that (laughs) stuff, um, you know, way before it was even a reality. And so for some reason in my head, I just couldn't even wait to get things moving. And college, I think even seemed like too long, you know, four, four years, I got to find someone to marry in those four years and get things moving so that, you know, the minute you get done with your degree, you can get your job and you can start your life. Um, which is actually the last thing that happened. That's really not the way it went. Um, And as for kids, I don't even know that I had a set number in mind or which gender. I just knew that I I wanted a family. So So then you and I met. And obviously when we decided we were going to get engaged and and start the whole process, I'm sure we had a conversation in there somewhere about kids, right? Yeah, I'm sure we did. Though the funny thing is, is I don't, I mean, maybe you remember it, but I don't remember like the specific conversation, but I think that's probably because we 
probably had those conversations as we were dating and knew we were both on the same page. So you wanted kids. I wanted kids. I think the one thing that we, I do remember talking about was we weren't going to wait a long time because we both got married. I mean, not late in life by any stretch, but like (laughs) later than some of our friends, right? Like we already had friends who had been married for five years and were already having kids by the time we got married. So It was like, okay, we're going to get married and we're going to probably start trying to have kids pretty quick into that marriage time. So, um, but yeah, I kind of feel like we were both on the same page that. Yeah. So the conversations were less about whether we wanted to or not. It was just kind of almost confirming that, yeah, we both want kids and that sounds like more. And that how fast we're going to move. And I mean, I think we even probably had conversations about how many kids We both knew we wanted more than one. You know, I think you came from a family of three. So you were like, yeah, that's great. I knew I wanted a big family, but don't think I had a specific number at that point. But yeah. Yeah. One thing and one thing we haven't really touched on is why we wanted kids. You know, was it just the whole thing where you get married and you have kids? It's just a traditional thing. Or, you know, was there something more to it than that? Um, What do you think? Yeah, I think for me, it like I just have always had something in me that I knew I wanted to be a mom. I've always loved kids. I wanted to work with kids. So I just knew I wanted to be around kids. So and yeah, it was just always something there for me. So it wasn't like, oh, I had to do it because, you know, family is asking for it or, you know, the parents are waiting for a grandchild. It's like, no, this is something I really want and something I'm passionate about. Got it. What about you? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I think it, for me, it may feel more like a tradition thing. Like it's just, I just can't imagine my life any other way. It's just weird. Yeah. So. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't, when I think back to like, whether I was passionate about having kids so that I could pass on a legacy or so that, you know, I don't think any of that stuff really factored in. It was just, no, this is just life to me. Like I want kids. I want a family. I want all the things that come along with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we do always joke about was, so this is kind of funny is for some reason in high school, I don't know where this came from, but I had a boy's name picked out. So when I, Daryl and I got married and we knew we wanted kids, I was like, just understand if we have a boy, this will be his name. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's not up for discussion. Like his name will be Tyler Ryan. So, um, yeah. And Ryan is my brother's first name. So that's where that came from. I have no idea where Tyler came from. It was just something in high school that I came up with and it stuck. So, so Daryl got no, uh, <laughs> he got no say in the boy's name. It was, it was said done before I even met him. So. Yeah. And then we had two girls and I don't know, those were just kind of, I guess, decisions we made together. No, you got to pick Allie's of. name. Kind of. Remember, yeah, we, I guess we, we, had two. we boiled it down to two and then I kind of got to pick out of the yeah. two. So there you go. Yeah. Fun stuff. Naming your children. <laughs> All right. So our topic for today is pretty blunt. Um, we we call it parenting isn't optional. And we're going to kind of walk through a, a number of different things. Uh, having kids comes with responsibilities. 
parenting is a high calling and the fact that you're always on. So why don't you start, Tam, with the having kids comes with responsibilities. Yes, yes, it does. Whether you like it or not, it does. So just because you think having kids would be fun doesn't mean you should have kids. Uh, it seems like, you know, our we all, our daughters, right? Now, sometimes, I mean, their college age will be like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to have somebody who loves me and this little baby that's so cute. And I, we have to remind them on the constant, like, yeah, it seems really fun. Like, seems like it would be a really great thing to do. But do you understand the responsibilities that come with that cute little baby that you think is going to love you for the rest of your life? So, uh, yeah, there's that. So, yeah, so we say it comes responsi- with responsibilities because it does. It is true. Uh, having kids is a huge decision. I think it's one of the biggest decisions you'll make in your life because there's just so much to it. Uh, it's It changes you. It changes how you do life. Um, you're having an impact on the next generation, whether you want to or not, you are. Um, so, you know, you think back about like, oh, I want to have a dog or, you know, we have a daughter who begs for any sort of animal uh, right now. <laughs> Uh, and so, but it comes with a lot of responsibilities, right? Like there's lots of joy. Like we have two turtles right now that live in our house and it's fun to go upstairs and like, oh, talk to them and look at them swim in their tank and oh, aren't they so fun? But then it comes with days like yesterday where we got to clean out a turtle tank. So two hours of our life, you know, taking everything out, cleaning it all up, taking the water out, taking the turtles and the fish out. Like it's responsibility. It's not just buy the pet and there it is. It's cost, it's time. It's, it's all of those things that happens. And then you have kids and it like, you multiply that by 3 million, I feel like. And, um, that's what it is. So we don't say that obviously to say like, oh, we're trying to pull you away from having kids. Um, But it's one of those things that like you have to walk in to that period with like your eyes wide open to know like this is going to take work and you're not going to feel ready. You're not going to necessarily feel like you have all the tools, um, but you have the option to go find those tools. It's one of the things that Daryl and I joke about all the time. We tell our kids this all the time that like when you when you get a driver's license, there's all these steps, right? Like nobody hands you a driver's license and is like, here you go. Have fun. Good luck. Nope. Nope. You have to read a, you have to read a manual. You have to go in and take a test and you have to be a certain age before you do that. Like, you know, you go in, you take your written test and then you get a permit and then you have to take driver's ed. Like somebody has to sit in a car with you and teach you how to do all the things. And then you have to drive with your parents for six months and, you know, then you go and you take another test to actually get your license. And then you get your license and it's not even like with that you're free. Like, I mean, I don't know how it is in other areas of the country or other states, but in California, you are driving with a restricted license, basically, where you um, can't have another person in the car with you for the first year that you have your driver's license. You can only drive during certain times of you, you know, you can't drive in the middle of the night unless it's for a really good reason. So there's restrictions even once you get your license. 
But nope, not with kids. They just hand you the baby and they're like, here you go. Have fun. Good luck. Don't, you know, sign the paperwork to get you out of the hospital. But there you have it. You're on your own. Figure it out as you go. Um, So all that to say, like, you just have to go in again, like, with eyes wide open. But what does it mean to have your eyes wide open? Like, uh, like, what do we mean when we say that? And I think the simplest explanation that we would say the thing that we came to realize very, very quickly is it's no longer about you. So it's not about what you want to do. It's not about what you find interesting necessarily anymore. Um, it's that it's just not, it's about, it's, it's kind of the same thing that happens a little bit when you get married, right? Like you've lived your life before marriage and it's all about you. What do I want to do today? What books do I want to read? Where do I want to go? How am I, what's my wake up routine? What time am I going to go to bed? It's me, 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 me. And then you get married and you're like, oh, wait, now there's another person in my life that I kind of have to work around. But I'm not ultimately responsible for that person. They they can make their own choices. They can get themselves to work. They can feed themselves in the morning. And now you add a kid into that. And it's a whole different level of responsibility because when they're born, they're like everything you have to do it all. Like you have to feed them, you have to change them, you have to burp them, you take them to doctor's appointments, you get them ready for beds, you read them stories. Like at the very beginning, you are the only way they exist. They don't exist without you. So everything that was about you now becomes about them. Your morning routine is them. Your afternoon routine is them. Your nighttime routine is them. Your middle of the night routine is them, right? And it it the levels change, right? Like as they grow, but there's there's still so much responsibility that comes even as they become toddlers and they become school age and they become teenagers. Um so, yeah, so there's just all sorts of responsibilities that you assume when you become a parent. Would you agree, babe? Yeah, and that's not that's just kind of one level, you know, when you think about what I would call physical responsibilities like we just talked about, you know, where you're dealing with, you know, feeding them and providing their needs and and things like that, but there are responsibilities on so many different levels. So like I said, we just talked about physical responsibilities, but think about the emotional responsibility you have as a parent to provide a loving environment, to model what it means to be loving, um, to help them practice love with siblings and friends, things like that. Then obviously you have the educational responsibilities. You know, these kids have to be sent to school. They have to be raised to, you know, learn things and know things. And um, you have to at an early age, make sure that they know how to do their homework and to study and things like that. Um, you have to work with teachers when there's, when there are problems and, you know, you have to be able to go to school for parent teacher conferences. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on when it comes to, uh, education. And then, you know, as they get older, you even have to become a sounding board as they, they start to think through college and, you know, what college do I want to go to and what am I going to do in college? Um, you know, not necessarily doing the work for them, but just being there uh, and being kind of a sounding board as they go through that whole process. And then you have just real world responsibilities, right? Teaching them street smarts or, you know, giving them a domestic education so that they understand how to keep a house clean, how to use appliances, what it takes to own a house or, you know, teaching them about finances, things like that. Um, 
And then you have the really important piece about helping your kids get in the right boat when it comes to the friends that they hang out with and, and the relationships that they make uh, along the way. And then finally, uh, spiritual responsibilities. And this one literally comes straight from God. You know, God's pretty clear in the Bible that we are, we are the ones who need to teach our kids about him and about the world, the spiritual world around them and the importance of, of their spiritual lives. Um, the fact that God is our creator and why we're here, the fact that sin entered the world and created the human condition that we find ourselves in, but really understanding that this comes with purpose and meaning that if, if we can just understand that underlying piece, um, that piece that we talk a lot about here on transcend human and dealing with the controversy between God and Satan, um, that that actually provides the purpose and the meaning to your life. So there's lots of things you can do with your life. Um, but as long as you kind of have that foundation under you, um, everything else kind of gets put in the right perspective. And then where we're going, the fact that, you know, choosing God and choosing to have him in our life is actually choosing eternal life. So a life with him in heaven forever. So now obviously there's a lot more that we can talk about, you know, when discussing our spiritual beliefs with our kids, but but those three questions, really, where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going are three big questions that we can get them started with. Now, I know so, we. I have a question. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. What do you think for you out of these responsibilities were the hardest ones with our kids? Oh, good question. I mean, the physical, you don't really have a, a choice, right? Like if they need fed, they need fed. If, they, if their diaper needs changed, you have to change it. Right. Um, I think we did pretty good with emotional and educational. Um, I think we kind of waited a little too long on some of the real world stuff. Like yeah. I remember with Allison getting to junior, senior year in high school and we started freaking out, like, have we even showed her how to use the oven like correctly? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that one, and then spiritual, spiritual is always a difficult one because, you know, we, I remember having conversations with them about spiritual things, but it's easy, I think, as parents to, if, if you're Christian or if you go to church, if you kind of do the whole church thing, it's easy to just assume that your kids are being raised Christian because they go to church. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably where we, failed a little bit is relying too heavily on that and not having enough conversation at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'm with you too. Like, I think we probably taught them real world by what we maybe by showing them, but like there are times that, yeah, I'm like, we could have done a better job in that, in that area. Cause they, you just kind of, they move along in life. Right. And you're just so focused on the other things. And then it's like, Oh crap, they're in high school. And have we taught them finances? Have we taught them about a budget? Have we really shown them how to change their tires in a car? Or do we just do all of those things? Because it's easier for us to just do it and get it done. Where if you have to take the time to show them, it's going to take you a longer amount of time, right? To just get that chore out of the way. So yeah. And I agree with you about the spiritual too. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I know that we glossed over those pretty quickly, but don't worry, we will address a lot of those in more detail later in the series. So you can almost view that list that we just went through as a table of contents in some ways, kind of a high-level overview of the uh, responsibilities we get to enjoy as parents. So are you getting nervous yet? Um, If so, don't be. We're all on this journey together. Um, Number two, parenting is a high calling. 
So I think this is why we joke a lot about the whole getting a driver's license thing, because it seems a bit strange that there are so many hoops uh, to jump through to drive a car, but literally you can have kids without so much as a five question quiz, right? So if parenting is such a high calling, how can that be? Well, here's a high calling. What do you think about this one? We're having kids because it's what you're supposed to do, right? I mean, the grandparents are asking for them, right? So isn't that uh, what we're going to do? As long as they don't die. I mean, I think we've done our job, right? Uh, no, that's not the calling we're talking about. That sets the bar pretty low. Um, as long as they don't die, seriously. <laughs> no, we're talking about a high calling. A calling that goes way above and beyond just the safety of your children. Like we said above, we have responsibilities in so many areas um, because we hold the keys to the future of another human being. And that's a lot of power. Uh, and like we've learned from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. For those of you who love Spider-Man. Now, one of the reasons we say parenting is a high calling is that there is that spiritual connection we talked about. The fact that we believe God views it as a high calling and that God has some expectations for us uh, when we decide to have kids. On the one hand, kids are a blessing, right? A gift from God. But that gift, that blessing, comes with the high calling. Since this is not a sermon series, we're not going to list a bunch of Bible verses on parenting, but um, we will tell you this. If you want to know just how high a calling parenting is, um, try doing an offline Bible study sometime uh, and just search for verses on parenting. The Bible has a lot to say about raising kids. So feel free to do that um, if you feel like it. Um, I think, though, you know, when we think of the high calling of being a parent, um, words like this come to mind. Proactive, passionate, diligent, intentional. You know, these are the kind of words that I guess I would use when, you know, talking about parenting as a high calling. They suggest that you have thought it out, like that you have a plan, that you feel strongly about what you're doing, and, you know, that you kind of have a specific thing or things that you hope to achieve through your parenting. But when I describe it this way, it just sounds very academic. So what does it look like in the real world? Can you, can you think of like an illustration or something that helps to identify that high calling piece? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can go back to high school and think about you play a sport or you're in drama or dance or you're, uh, you know, running for school president, you know, you're here, they call it ASB. Um, but you know, you're, you're in some sort of some sort of, you know, outside of academics, you're doing something else. Right. And in that you um, have your coach or the leader of that, you know, or you're running for president, that's a leadership role, right? They come up to you and they say, hey, like, I see you, I believe in you, I see leadership in you, um, the other players kind of, or the other people around you, the other dance members kind of seem to listen to you, you're kind of that person that can get them to do better. And so I'm going to ask you to lead this team in whatever way that might be. It might be the captain of a football team. It might be the leader uh, in the dance, the one that's kind of, you know, leading the rest of the group. It might be the lead in a show, right? Like the minute, I mean, I believe at least, you know, when you get a lead position in a musical in a show, it's your talent but it's also because you have some leadership abilities because the rest of the cast is looking to you to bring the energy is looking to you to hold 
to hold what that's going to feel like, what that player uh, musical is going to feel like. Um, so that's a high calling. It's, it's a privilege. We tell our kids all the time, like, it's not a right when you get something like that. It's a privilege. Um, but when you take on that role, when you say yes to that, there's things that have to change. You don't just get to continue to just show up like, okay, I'm just going to show up today and I'm just going to kind of do whatever I want to do. Right. No, like you've got to start to think about the team, the group, the school, if you're the president, right? You're the entire class. If you're your class president, like what's best for them, not what's just best for me, because it's not about you anymore. It's about everybody else along with yourself. Um, you have to watch the way that you talk about things. What language are you using? Uh, how are you talking about other people, right? Like you've got to start listening to your coach or the leadership of the school, um, things like that, so that you can reinforce what is the coach is saying or what the leadership of the school is trying to get across. Like you're another voice um, for your teammates or for your schoolmates or whatever, Um you have to stop, I kind of already said, but you have to stop talking about players. If you're talking about them in a negative way. So if you've had a negative thought about other people, like that's got to go away. You've got to just be quiet, not say anything, talk to somebody else about it. That's not a part of it. Um, but that's got to stop because that's not helpful for anybody. Uh, you got to start finding positive things and the negative. So something bad happens. It was a bad practice. Uh, you're not happy with how things are going. Like you've got to find the positive. Uh, you've got to maybe start showing up early and staying late, right? You've got to do the be the first person there and the last person to leave. Uh, and maybe you even have to take some time and you've got to do some research. You've got to look up or you've got to watch other people. You've got to find people that are leaders that are leading something and you've got to listen to them and you've got to watch how they lead. Uh, so like, that's a lot of changes. That's a lot of things that you're going to do differently that you weren't doing before. And there's a reason for that. It's because you understand you've been called to something higher. You've been called to something different. And like Han, you said, like that comes with more responsibility. That's just how life works. So it's the same way with parenting, right? When you view it this way as a high calling, you start to see yourself differently. You start to see your role differently. Like, there's so much more than just you involved in the picture now. Um, and that's when you start to be proactive. You're passionate, you're diligent, you're intentional with your kids. Like one of the things we talk about a lot too is we're not raising kids, we're raising adults. Like we're always looking at like these, they're not gonna stay their age right now. We're raising them to be adults and to live the rest of their life. And we want them to be successful, loving, caring, passionate adults. And that comes by doing all of these things and understanding what a high calling they have as we're raising them as kids. So what do you think about that? Yeah, totally. I mean, that is definitely something that we have come to learn, at least. I know that we may have not have viewed it that way at the beginning when we first had kids, but definitely over the years, we've kind of adopted that view of raising adults versus raising kids. Yeah. Okay. So number three, you're always on. I said that slow for a reason. So let me say it again. You're 
always see that I'm like emphasizing the word always on. So I don't know where we heard it, but it's true. Like it's all, it's true. Uh, This might be, I think, one of the best phrases uh, that you're going to take away that I hope you remember, that I hope it sticks, that uh, I hope you think about as you're going about your day, every day, every moment, from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed, uh, that you're remembering that you're always on. And simply put, what it means is your kids have very little that escapes them. They're always watching, learning, and wondering why you do the things that you do. I mean, think about it. Like as babies, part of what we know good parents and just development is, is they watch you, right? They watch your face and they watch your face. And when you smile, they smile. When you stick out your tongue, uh, they stick out their tongue, their tongue. So, I mean, that starts at like, I mean, it starts immediately. Like the kids are, the babies are looking to you and watching you and then it goes right into toddlers. Like they start, you know, repeating a word uh, that you say. Um, And then they get a little bit older and they've seen you yell at somebody in a car and they do the same thing. So, you know, they're sitting in their back seat and you think they're paying absolutely no attention to what's happening. And then they get to that point where they can talk and all of a sudden, you know, somebody cuts you off and they're yelling at the car in front of you. And you're like, well, wait, how did that happen? Uh, so they dress up like you, maybe they do that. They try to do their hair like you do. Um, they, you know, part of development again is like, they want to be like you, like that's who they're looking to. And they're, they're just going to repeat, they're going to repeat what they see. Um, and it doesn't take long and you start to realize like how observant, uh, they really are. And you start to ask yourself like, what, what have I been doing in front of them? Like, what what are the things that they've seen me do, the ways that they've seen me act, the ways that they've seen me treat other people? Like, you know, that's, uh, I think we'll probably talk about that one later too, but that's a big one for me. Like, how, how have they heard me on the phone talk to somebody, you know, somebody about our cable or somebody about a phone service that I'm frustrated and I'm irritated with. You might think they're sitting watching TV while you're having that conversation on the phone, but they're listening to every word, the way that your voice inflects, the word, the exact words that you use, right? So, um, you know, and I mean, we you see it all the time. Like as a parent, it's funny now for us, you know, it's not always funny when it happens, right? But you know, you're out in public and your kid uses a cuss word at some point and you just kind of look at each other and you're like, uh, whoops, gee, wonder where that came from. Um, but that's, it's just part of it. The truth of the matter is that we are absolutely always on. They are always watching, listening, and they're going to mimic what we do. That's just the way that it goes. So babe, where do you see, like, what are some of the areas where you feel like that kids, our kids maybe in general, or just kids are watching us? Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about a few with, you know, just the the words we use and kind of how we treat other people, but you know, there are just hundreds of areas where our kids are watching us and areas where we may not even understand or see it happening. But, you know, we talked about our language. We talked about um, the way we treat others, but 
I mean, how about the way we treat our own spouse or the way we treat other family members or extended family members? Um, how about like just our moods, like when we're depressed or if we're angry or irritable or we're frustrated most of the time? I mean, that's something that our kids are just going to watch and pick up on. Um, what we consider appropriate entertainment, you know, just watching something with them not in the room and then having them walk through and, you know, see short clips of what you're watching or hear what you're watching. And, you know, it all goes in and they just sit and think, oh, that's what my parents do. Um, what else? How we view the world, I guess, you know, the way we treat people who don't look like us. So, you know, whether or not we are prejudiced or racist or all of those things, um, you know, our kids will pick up on very quickly. Um, our, our habits, both good and bad, you know, good habits, like if we exercise on a regular basis or we read books to like, you know, educate ourselves and learn more to bad habits like road rage, littering, you know, addictions of all sorts, um, things like that. Um, our spiritual lives, right? If we really trust in God or if it's just something that we say. Um, if we're trustworthy people, right? If we follow through on what we say. Um, they see if we procrastinate. They see, um, you know, if we lie. And the list just goes on and on and on. But the important piece really is, is to just understand that you are on in each of those scenarios. Your kids are watching and learning from you each and every day whether you want them to or not. And ultimately, this is why I refer, we refer to parenting as a high calling. So let's land the plane. This week, we just want to encourage you to be yourself, to love where you're at in the whole process of parenting, and to start thinking about the high calling it is uh, by asking yourself a few questions this week. First, where are you at in each of the responsibility areas we walk through? So physical, emotional, educational, real world, and spiritual. Um, is there an area there that you can focus on this week in order to kind of bump up your game? Number two, what do you think about parenting being a high calling? Have you really thought about it in those terms before? And if not, what does it really mean to you? Are there changes you can make in order to accept that high calling? And then finally, do you fully understand the concept of being always on? If so, are there areas that you could be more careful in this week? Are there areas where you could choose to model more positive behavior rather than bad or lazy behavior like we all kind of fall into from time to time? Our prayer for you this week is not that you listened to this and felt bad about your parenting, but instead we hope that you've been encouraged by what you've heard that you were able to latch on to one of the simple things mentioned and feel like you can implement that this week with your kids. And that you understand that we're all on this parenting journey together. None of us has arrived. We're all taking it one day at a time and growing as we go. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Um, before you leave, I just wanna thank my wife again uh, for doing this series with me. It's been a lot of fun so far. Hope you're having a fun time too. As always, nobody else I'd want to do it with, babe. Nice of you to say. <laughs> All right. Have a great week. And as always, keep transcending human.
We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.